Taco Brothers Podcast. Where two brothers from another mother come together to talk about what's going on in urban pop culture, sports, music, health, and real issues that face our community. These people here, what they do, they for real. All straight with no chaser and a splash of comedy. <laughs> Very funny. This is Talk, Talk, Talk of Brothers Podcast. Let's get this thing going. And now your hosts, Godi and Smash. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Go D, and we want to welcome you guys to another episode of Talker Brothers Podcast. Of course, my host, my co-host, I should say, Smash, is MIA. He's somewhere around the country somewhere trying to move his family from point A to point B by trains, planes, and automobiles. So if you see him, tell him I say I'm looking for him. But in his place, I got my boy from the left coast, BTG. What's good, dog? Oh man, come over here and get you a West Coast point guard, man. Oh, here we go. Here, <laughs> here we go. So what's been what what's, what's been up with you, man? Nothing but work, man. Nothing but work, but uh this is my last night of work until uh we head into college football weekend. This is like Christmas. You know this, Goldie. Yes. This is like Christmas. Yes, sir. We talked early in the week and you heading to Vegas and I'm heading to Dallas. What game Ooh. you what game you catching? Um uh, the the game that I'm gonna be interested in. Actually, it's only two big games this weekend. Of course, the one you going to see. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? Between Miami, uh, y'all against Miami, and and then we got a Pac-12 SEC showdown, Auburn and uh, uh Washington. And we're gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna get to that for sure. So but that's what's up, man. It's definitely football weekend, and we definitely excited about it. Uh, so, you know, BTG is passionate about sports. I'm passionate about sports. So in the absence of Smash, uh, it just makes sense for me to bring my boy back one more game. What's, what's been shaking on the West Coast? Anything exciting? Any news that we we otherwise on not on the left coast can't get? Uh, as far as sports, man, we get some terrible news. UCLA just suspended six players for the opening for the opening game. I don't like that. Uh, Bron is still getting a big buzz over here because of his show that he uh, the latest episode he just dropped. Uh, other than that, man, we had an earthquake yesterday. <laughs> yeah, man, everybody's all right. I, I call, I text my my nephews that's that's in LA, and they all good. How about yourself, man? But let me tell you, I was in the supermarket, right? Uh huh. And I was going down the aisle. I'm, my phone went off because I was getting my wife some, you know, I was getting my wife some things. And I looked at the phone and it said it was just an earthquake. I didn't feel it. It was a guy in the aisle. He looked at me and said, did you feel that earthquake? I'm like, bro, I didn't feel nothing. <laughs> I didn't feel nothing. <laughs> Let me finish shopping so I can get up out of here. That's that's usually how it is. Yeah. See, see that's one thing. I like California. I like the weather. But that's the only thing that scares me is these earthquakes. Like, you know, we're in the South and we have hurricanes, so we know when to leave. You know what I'm saying? You either, either, either leave because you know when to leave or you just stupid enough to stay. So that kind of scares me. You could just be riding down the street one day and then all of a sudden, boom, here's a 4.4 Richter, you know, quake on a Richter scale. A 4.4 ain't, uh, man, you could sleep through a 4.4. But that's what it was. And that's huge to me. That that's not huge. See, y'all get y'all y'all getting the wrong information. I'm telling you right now. Anything I would say, like even a five. You get a five. That's like 
that's like somebody running it. That's like a car running into the house. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't it ain't really the biggest earthquake we had out here was in Northridge back in the back in the '90s. That was a, that was a deadly earthquake. But yeah. other than that, we ain't. the one doing the World yeah. Series that time, right? Uh, yeah, we yeah. we other other than that, man, like. Yeah, you know, it's been a couple of times we had an earthquake. I thought somebody broke in the house or something like that, but nah, nah. What you do, BTG? What you do? I, I was a, I was a, uh, I was a kid then. I just heard some glass break, and I'm like, oh man, somebody in the house. So I I rolled on the side of the uh, on, on the side of my bed. I tried to hide. <laughs> you say I wasn't a G then. I was no. Nah. No, no, I just wanted to get up and play with my toys in. So, right. Nah. No smoke on this end. Nah, at all. Man, so everybody's fine. It was nothing. That's the same thing my nephew said, man. It was like, man, it was nothing. It's nothing. I'm like, man, I, I just well, I just fear that one day we're going to just wake up and the whole California is going to be be its own, its own entity from the United States. Well, look how I mean that's that that's almost a blessing because we're gonna go from we're gonna go from a state to an island. You know, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> we gonna be an island. We gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be exquisite to come visit us. See, I knew you was gonna come with that. <laughs> so I've been watching the news and just coming across a couple things, and I said we're gonna touch bases on it. Um, there was an article in ESPN, the NFL's 50 most intriguing people and why each matters. Mm-hmm. Did you did you check that out? Yes, I did. And first of all, does it even matter to you? No, not at all. <laughs> why? Uh, because, I mean, uh, unless they're trying to highlight certain people and to, to show that they're acknowledging them, that's okay. But we already acknowledge them. Like we know what JJ did for Houston, we know that already. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we salute him for that too. Like that that had nothing to do with the state of California, the city of Los Angeles, but what he did, how much money he raised, man, that was huge. Right. But what stuck out to me was 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 intriguing was the the no the now or no, or never category, and they had Levon Bell. I mean Le'Veon Bell. They had Mariota. They had Jamison Winston on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Elway as a GM. I thought that was fitting because it's you look at those three, and you know with with Le'Veon Bell with his contract issues and all the stuff that he's going through with Pittsburgh. Um, will we see the Oregon Marcus Mariota? You know, and Jamison Winston. He's just. Same thing for him. Will we see the Florida State Jamison Winston and John Elway? Will he just get a quarterback, man? Come on. You know what, though? I'm glad you brought that up because to to answer those questions, though, no, you're not going to get the Oregon uh, Mariota. No, you're not going to get the uh, Florida State uh, Winston. You're not because that's college football. And we already know college football speed and NFL speed and impact is different. Mm Mm-hmm. And they not able to bring you. Come on, man! Like it, some of these, some of these college coaches came through for a minute. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That style of play is not gonna last long. So no, you're not gonna get those type of quarterbacks. I got excited 
I was everybody in the state of California was excited when Reggie Bush got drafted because we yeah. thought we was about to see magic. Nobody man. was more excited than me, BTG. Going Reggie to the Bush. Saints, I was just like, man, we get this dynamic cat on our team, and it just didn't play out the way he had flashes, but it just never mm -hmm. played out the way we thought it was going to play out. Now look at it now, he's out of the league totally. Yeah, it was a culture shock to us, you know. But I'm I'm a UCLA fan, but. I paid attention to Reggie. <laughs> I had to. You had you to know acknowledge the greatness. You had to. I had that. to. Yeah. I, 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 on the side note, I got him as the best college, the, the best college, running back of all time. All time. All time. About, ne next to Barry. Next to Barry. Next I mean, to Barry and Gail Sayers. Mm, that's hard, bro. I mean, you put me on the spot for best college running backs but but reggie is definitely up there for sure but just just in ucla alone he has some 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 contenders to deal with for best college running back all time oh you talking about a usc uh yeah, yeah. you had oh yeah you had oj you had marcus allen I, I get it but none of them look oj is oj okay marcus marcus uh marcus allen is marcus allen but nobody man reggie bush could play on both sides of the field that man could have he could play running back. He was a great receiver. He could have played DB or safety. Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me. So you put him across over Bo Jackson. I got to. I got to. I got. I've never seen him. Now I got Bo Jackson is up there in my top three as far as NFL running backs of all time, and Barry is my number one. But as far as college, I gotta give it to Reggie. He was he was a receiver, running back that could do oh, yeah. everything. No doubt. He, he could no he doubt. could he could run he could run in between the tackles. He could catch the ball. He could return kickoff and punt returns. Herschel Walker. But could Herschel Walker do everything that Reggie could do? Well, yeah, I mean, the overall dynamic of 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 what he does, Barry Sanders. I definitely agree with Barry Sanders. Wicked Williams. I mean, it's like Archie Griffin from the only person to ever win, only person to ever win two back-to-back -back Heisman trophies. That's true. That's, that's true. That's saying a lot, man. Tony Dorsett. I mean, that's the list goes on. That's a man. That, that's a it's a bold statement. It's a bold. It's a bold <laughs> statement. But you you naming me a lot of running backs that run in between the tackles. Reggie could do both, run yeah. in, inside and outside. Marcus Allen. Can, okay, can you line up? Can you line up Marcus Allen like you could line up Reggie? Yes, you could. Yes, you could. And yes, he's going. And, and, he, and is he, he going to? He going to dominate well, just like Reggie? Yeah, he would. But I, I don't think he was as as uh, had the jiggle like Reggie had. I think that's what what aspect would be missing with him. Like Reggie had that zero to sixty in two second speed. You know, where yeah. once you, you see him, now you don't. But it's just so many. Like right now, I would probably have like three USC backs right now on my. I know you hate to hear that, but that would be in my my top ten. You know what I'm saying? You got oh wait, Marcus Allen, right? Mm -hmm. Charles White, okay. OJ Simpson, mm -hmm. and then I would have Reggie Bush. That would be my. They would actually be in my top ten of all time running backs. Damn, that's almost fifty percent right there. Exactly. I mean, but that's what I'm telling <laughs> you is. It's like, but it's just like with you, with your Lakers. It's like you got so many good players. Like it's hard to put Kobe number one. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just so many good greats. So it's hard to put him there. But right. he's definitely in that top ten for sure.
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta show. Yeah, but what else struck you? What else stood out to you about that list? Um, other than that, man, I didn't really. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't too much on the list. I have my own that that uh that I thought was interesting. I, I for one, we gotta get the. Uh, I, I think the spotlight should be on the commissioner right now because I don't know how y'all feel about this whole tackling issue, man. Well, being that I do coach and and on the little league level, and it's we've been preaching and teaching heads up and taking your head out to tackle. So it's, it's going to be quirky on, on the NFL level because you, you're trying to teach your old dog new tricks. So uh-huh. it's, it's kind of hard for you to, to get him to understand how you want to me how you want me to tackle when I've been tackling this way for years. And it's, uh-huh. hard, it's hard to get the referees to ref it or, or judge it correctly because they've been calling this scene in a different way for years as well. But right. on our level, it's, it's kind of you're trying to ingrain in them to how to tackle and it's going to permeate through and it'll probably take about a good five maybe ten years before you see what what they want to happen to actually happen well that's why i think that's why i think this would that i think this is an intriguing story because i don't think they have that long before people start to get a little bit more frustrated to where they might leave the game alone well that's already happening that's already that, happening, BTG. But I'm saying it can get worse because you already know with the whole kneeling and protesting and things like that, people are still like, we have we we we're married to the game. We love football. Yep. We love it. It's nothing like football is separate than anything else. I can go a few games, uh, a, a few days, not watching the Laker game, but on Sunday or a Monday. Impossible. I, uh, come on, man. <laughs> come on. We and, we and, and 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 don't. That's not even including college football. Right. And that and you college know, football is paramount to me. I mean, I put that heads over heads over shoulders over um, pro football. I love pro football, but it, I really want to see just my Saints play, and I'll just glance over everybody else versus. Uh, when LSU play, I want to see LSU play. I want to see all the college from East Coast to West Coast. I want to see all of it. It's just right. It's just a better brand of football to me. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I see your point of, of they may be a chance for people to tune into something else. But there's really nothing else to tune in. You still, you still. I think you're still going to tend to watch. Um, but the problem is, my biggest problem is not necessarily the rules the players not understanding the rules on how it's going to be judged the my biggest problem is the nfl with the letting the commissioner be the judge the jury and the executioner now i have a problem with that um there should be some type of arbitration like you give your side i give my side and the arbiter says the arbitrator says okay this is what we're going to do you know so but giving him the absolute power i think that's where the problem's coming at right right well that comes uh, that's the owners giving them all that power right exactly yeah exactly exactly because they it, but that end of the day the commissioner is is in the best interest of the owners not necessarily the players that's where the players the, the player association comes in that's who's advocating for them you know so if the power is not equal now if you're telling me the president of the player association and 
the commissioner and the NFL are sitting down to, together to make these decisions, then you can kind of stomach it. But because this one this one biased individual who's in who's advocating for the owner is making the decisions about players, then you're always going to get it one side. There's always going to be controversy. There's always going to be people sc screaming to the heavens that this is not right because there is no other. There's nothing in the left hand. It's all in the right. You get what I'm saying? Hey, well, look, I'm already come on. You 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 already preaching to the choir. I'm already I already don't like the owners from the NFL because the owners stopped my team from coming back home, and 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 they tried they tried to they tried to feed me that well. It's it, you know Vegas has been thirsty for you know it was one of the biggest markets. You know what I'm saying in the in in the states or whatever, and they've been thirsty for a pro team forever. But you're telling me that you're going to remove. First of all, you're taking it from a huge fan base in Oakland, mm -hmm. and and they have probably even a bigger fan base in LA because they you know, the fan base in LA never left. And then you're going to ship them all the way to Vegas, three hours. I'm like, come on, man, that hurt my heart. That really hurt my heart. I'm always I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the Shield. Of uh, when I say the Shield, I mean the Raiders Shield, not the right. NFL. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to be a Raiders fan because that's all I know. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that hurts me. That's going to that's gonna hurt me to, to call them the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, and that was, and it was and it was voted. Yeah. And, and I, I, could, I can understand your pain, um, but there's too many teams in California as it is. But I understand where you're coming from. Now, you have San Diego. The logical reason for me, logical thing for me would be to see San Diego go to Vegas because they were actually nomads. You know what I'm right. saying? So you got the Rams and you got San Diego and L.A. That just made no sense. And But I, I think this was this was kind of uh, the redheaded stepchild versus the darling child in San Francisco 49ers. They tried to, they did all this stuff in San Francisco, new stadium, all this kind of stuff, and they just want Northern California to be theirs versus uh -huh. allowing the Raiders to, because they're ingrained in everybody I know from from Cali, they are, regardless if they're from Southern California, uh, Central California, Northern California, they are Raider fans. You know what I'm saying? They'll either be like, I'm a Ram fan because um, you're from L.A. But across the state, there's Raider fans everywhere in Cali, West Coast, period. So it's kind of hard to see such a a, a, a favorite franchise like that be pushed out to Las Vegas because because they're the redheaded stepchild. Oh, and, and, because, and because a certain owner over there in Dallas is making money off of it. Really? Yeah. How does, so. how does, how does that play? It has something to do with the stadium being built. So he's probably a, probably part I, investor in that stadium. Yeah, probably. I think I think he I think he was, and he was the main one just pushing for the whole Vegas move. It, I got if I don't hate too many people in this world, but when it comes to Jerry Jones, oh man, he make my skin crawl. Really? He does. I can't stand now business wise. We can sit down and talk about something, yeah. but I feel like. I feel like I feel like he'll step on your neck to make a dollar. <laughs> I, now that's just being a businessman, and he just doesn't have any morals behind his business. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I would probably say if, if it's a seminar about being becoming going from zero to a hundred as, as a businessman, yeah, I attend that as Jerry Jones as a speaker. But you just don't respect him as a 
as a as a human being and having morals and having a moral compass by doing business. Nah, nah, nah. And we already know what we already know what he said a couple of weeks ago about his players kneeling. So yeah. Now, now looking at this, I'm gonna get back to this list real quick. Now, what intrigued me also was the breakout stars of 2018, and on that list they had Miles Garrett, they had Jimmy Garoppolo, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Trey Flowers, and Doug Peterson as the coach, and a bunch of other players that just scratch scratching my head by. But what 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 caught my eye was the Jimmy Garoppolo and Jalen Ramsey. Now, I don't, don't Jalen Ramsey, that's not a surprise to me. No, no, no. Not, no, that's not what I was going with that. What, what I was going to say was Jalen Ramsey has talked so much noise this offseason about, remember his list that he came out with? Yeah. He, he rated the quarterbacks. Do you think that spotlight do you think the G, do you do you think coordinators would actually target him because of it? Do you think the, the quarterbacks would actually target him because of it? No, maybe certain quarterbacks will, but not not most of them because he is that good. Right. He is that good. You I know agree. what I'm saying? I so totally agree. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 he's physical. He can get to the ball. He can cover. So yeah, I, I don't think that's going to. I think some of the quarterbacks probably shy away from throwing to a side. Yeah, he's a definitely he's definitely a lockdown corner, and you know most corners have that swag about him. You know they have that that edge that noise talking comes with it, and he has the game to back it up. I just think yeah, not not too many can back it up. <laughs> not too many, but he has the you know. But usually, D look at Dion. He was boisterous, and he could back it up. You know. Oh yeah, Dion. So, that's my that's my number. He's my one. He's my one B. Who's one A? Oh, I gotta go with Charles Woodson. Woodson. I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm. And it can flip from time to time. But I'm gonna say this, especially for the state of Texas, is because early on when I was watching Dion, Dion, to me, he was scared to tackle. He was scared to go up and make that hit. But in his Hall of Fame speech, it changed my whole perspective. He said, I'm not out there to, to sit up there and, and, and smack people around. I'm out there to make plays. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get that, but that... Woodson I, was... Woodson, Woodson, Woodson the, only, the only defensive player to win a Heisman. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Are, are you talking about Charles Woodson? Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm drawing a blank here. I'm sitting here thinking you're saying you're saying Charles, and I'm thinking you're saying Rod. Oh no 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 <laughs> no Charles Woodson. Okay, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. I definitely respect, and I respect, and, and I was thinking about Rod because he had changed positions and and showed it to Charles. So I definitely put Charles head above heels next to. I can see that putting him number two behind Dion. I can see that. I can see that. But I who would be your so who is your top now you talking about cornerback, right? Mm -hmm. Speaking of cornerback. Yeah. So so you will classify him as a cornerback. Yes. Okay. So who would be your best safety of all time? Ooh wee free safety or strong safety? Doesn't matter. Safety. Man, 
Oh man, that's a tough. I might have to go with. Oh God, I got another one A one B. It's gonna have to be out of uh, Ronnie Lott and Air um, Reed. I could dig that. I could dig that. Ronnie Lott definitely is 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 my number one. I can deal with Air Reed being he's a Louisiana boy, so I can go ahead. Air Reed was oh my God, Air <laughs> Reed was nice. That boy can hunt that ball down. Hey. But rest in peace to Sean Taylor because woo wee yeah, that boy was nice too. Yeah, he was taken away from us too early, too soon. He definitely had the flashes of, of being great. We just uh-huh. didn't get a chance to see it. So I, yeah, I agree with that. But I don't know. I, I think I think you got people like Rod Woodson that I spoke of earlier. He he definitely gone as that gone as that that ranking of being one of the greatest of all times. Airy definitely for sure. Um you got Dow Rivas um who played safety and corner. At end of the career he played corner. But I mean early in the career he played corner, but end of his career he played safety. So I guess you would put him in as a corner, I would guess. Yeah, his best years was as a as a corner. Yeah, yeah, I agree with but, I mean, there's so many. My my favorite of all time, uh, Dion is my favorite DB. Uh-huh. I think he could, just because what he did on the field, but my favorite of all time as a corner would probably have to be Daryl Green because... Daryl Green, yeah, yeah. I like Daryl Green. Daryl Green was, I mean, he could do it all. I mean, he and he did it from, like, he retired... And he was still at a at a peak of of, of what he what he was doing in the NFL. You get what I'm saying? So it wasn't mm-hmm. like his skills diminished, and then he was forced to retire. Like he played for so long, he was just like, okay, I'm ready to go home now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he had 54 career interceptions. That's crazy. Yeah. 54. <laughs> That's crazy. And he could play at all corner and safety. So. But, I can't. I can't knock that one. Uh, no, not at all. So now I was looking at. Now we. I, I tried to catch the shop, but I missed it. Which is, if the listeners who don't know, that's LeBron James has a new show where they sit around in a barber shop and they discuss different topics and they call it the shop. It premieres on HBO yesterday. Um, and I didn't get get a chance to watch it, but what stood out to me, you know how social media goes if you missed the show you can definitely catch the spoiler alerts by just mm-hmm. scrolling down your timeline yeah so there was one thing that stood out to me and it said here's the quote i think you should say that you're the best player in the world i think you should believe that and you should definitely let the world know that and this is quoted by this that quote comes from draymond green to lebron james mm-hmm. now the first thing i think of before i went read it I was thinking, okay, LeBron James said it because he's the great. And he was on his show and he was, how was it played in context? But then when you read the bottom of it, it says Draymond Green to LeBron. And that just instantly struck my struck a nerve in me to ask this question. Is that cocky or confident? That's confidence. Because everybody, because so, everybody, you supposed to believe that. And I tell my son that. He may not he may not be the best player on the court, but he better act like he's the best player on the court. Right. You know, so, and he, and and he and Le, when we talk about LeBron, he has a huge argument to be to say what to say that. 
So it's not like I need to to give him any confidence. He has the he he's shown that he's been the best player. I he has the right to say it. But the thing that struck me, and I'm 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 always about telling my kids when they playing sports or anything that they do in life that you have to feel like you're the best at it, regardless mm-hmm. if you finish third. Mentally, mentally, and physically, you gave all that you could possibly give, and you you had the mindset that I'm the best and I'm gonna give it my all. But what stood out to me was the back end of it. You should definitely let the world know that, and that kind of struck me wrong because that borderline to me on cocky, for the simple fact that one is Draymond Green, and he's that seems that sounds like something that he would say, like mm-hmm. LeBron. We know he's great, you know what I'm saying? Because he's gone out every day and proved it. So we know he's great. We know he's the best. And in his mind, we, he knows he's the best because any top athlete will, will take that mindset and move forward with it. But coming from Draymond, I think that's totally cocky because that sounds like something that he would say and he has no remorse for anything that he says. Oh man, then I, I don't know what to say then, Goldie, because I feel the same way. I feel exactly <laughs> like him. I do. I so you're so you telling every- me so you telling me you'll walk around and t- and and just in a braggadocious fashion and be like, hey, I'm the great. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. That's what you telling me you'll do? I'm not I'm not well it depends on who I'm around, but <laughs> I if I feel that way, if I feel that way, I'm going I'm going to say it. Until but, somebody until somebody comes and stop me. But should the actions speak louder than words? But if the actions has already been shown, then what? Yeah. So there's that. Therefore, there's nothing need. There's nothing needed to be said. So, so if if we're saying if we're saying I'm going out there and saying I'm the greatest and haven't and haven't proved it yet, then that's mm-hmm. a different story. But both of them players have proved it. Bron is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop the presses right there. Okay. LeBron has proven it. Right. Draymond has not has just proven that he can play within a system. Okay. He hasn't, he hasn't proven that he can do a LeBron James and carry a team. Okay, now, but why, but watch this. He doesn't have to prove that he can carry a team. He can prove that he can be a a an important piece to a championship team. Because right. you can't just plug in anybody and say, well, this will keep working. Draymond is a very important piece to that team. Matter of fact, he was important. He was a very important piece when they lost because he got suspended. Right? Let's not, let's not forget that game seven. He dropped 30. Partially. But I'm I'm just biased to to that. But um No, I I just don't feel like you should be braggadocious about it. I just feel like you should go in and handle your business. And you know, close company, me and you sitting around, we having a few drinks, we laughing and joking in close company. Yeah, I'm the greatest of all time. You know, that's that's understandable. But to publicly want people to acknowledge that you're the great then nah i don't i, I think that's more cocky than confident but do but but don't we want that though we want we want that bulletin board because look you think mike you think mj didn't know that but did he say it he probably didn't he probably didn't say it in the well he definitely didn't say it in the in the in, in the post game or anything like that but i'm pretty sure he said it amongst his peers yeah, well, again, that's closed. That's around closed doors. So yeah, anything can fly around closed doors. So why hide your confidence? 
it's it's confidence because the play that you put forth shows that confidence that you are the greatest player of all time. Right, but, to, but I don't I don't see no problem with him saying to the world, "I'm Michael Jordan. I know I'm the best." No, but actions speak louder than words. BTG. I well, mean, you he's, you know, he's arguing. So you telling me one of the best players of all time? No, yeah, he is arguably the best player of all time next to LBJ. But or Kareem, or Kareem, or Kareem. It's so many. We, 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 I don't think we want to even open that can of worms because <laughs> we, we stand up for like what two, three hours discussing <laughs> that fact alone. Yeah. <laughs> but but what I, what I am saying is like for your son, you're not telling your son to go out and and as soon as you soon as you get on the court, man, slap the floor and talk about I'm the greatest of all time. You're definitely not doing that. No, 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 no. I'm not telling him to do that. But I am telling him to slap the floor. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Intimidation is key. No doubt. <laughs> but but now, no, I don't. No, I don't want my son going into people's faces and telling them like I'm better than you. No. But if the question is, 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 is if they ask him the question or something like that, I want him to answer it truthfully. I don't want the I don't want the PC answer. No. I want. And that's fine. I don't know. No. Now, if you ask me, then I'm going to tell you because. To be to be competitive, that's got to be your mindset. You have to be able to say, "I'm the greatest of all time." Now, how the results turn out, that's the results. But I'm going into this thing like I'm the best ever, so I get that. But to be able to say, definitely, you should let the world know that just that sounds like a Draymond Green type of top. I mean, type well, of quote. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't receive it like that. I, I feel like he he was telling him like at this point in, in your career, you can come out and say that. But that's not LBJ, man. That's not his. That's no, not it's, his it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. But I can I can understand it. You know what I'm saying? Now, like I said, you know, we go back to 2003 before he even touched before he even touched the floor. Or, or wear an NBA jersey if he, you know, he got shoot, he got shoot up. Remember, Paul Pierce was, was not too fond of that <laughs> chosen one uh, tattooed on his back at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. See that, and that right there alone is that. That's what you call if you want to call it bragging. But he felt like he was the chosen one. Did he prove it year down year down the line? He actually did. But you know, he didn't he didn't go out there and say. And he didn't go up in Paul Pierce's face and say, yo, look, I feel like I'm the chosen one. No, he, <laughs> but he does feel like that. Yeah, it's, it's okay to be confident. Don't, don't let the listeners get it twisted. It's okay to feel that you're confident. It's okay to exhibit your confidence on the floor against your opponent or whatever, whatever sector of life that you, you're trying to compete in. But what I am saying is sometimes you have to be more doing than spoken and Draymond Green, yes, he does. He does this 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 thing on the basketball court, but sometimes his mouth just rubs people wrong. And when I heard that quote and I read who said the quote, I it made sense. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. but I don't think I don't think LeBron will go out on record and just scream to the heavens. Maybe at his maybe at his Hall of Fame speech, he might say, "I'm the greatest of all time," and nobody can really argue with it. You know who had the greatest Hall of Fame speech of all time? And, and every and, and from what from how I feel like he should speak, everything came out that night. That was Mr. MJ himself. He's the most pettiest guy we know from the NBA. <laughs> he flew out the guy who 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 he got cut for. Right. 
Right? If that right there, if you want to talk about uh, 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 being cocky, come on now. That's a whole totally different level of being cocky. Because at that point, he knows I'm Michael Jordan. I'm the number one basketball player of all time. Let me fly you out of here. But he never said it, though. He, he, he never, flew him out, Goaty. But he never said, but that's at the back end. That's the back end of his career. Again, that's the Hall of Fame. I'm supposed to be petty. <laughs> it's, the, it's the end. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to thank all those who had motivated me to get to this point. You know what I'm saying? All my haters, all my congratulators. I'm, I'm at this point. I'm just speaking to everybody at this point. But, but in between the beginning to the end, nah, man. Keep it quiet and keep it moving. Play, play your game and let your actions speak louder than your words. And that's but, just my opinion. But, but at the same time, you got to figure where I come from. You know, look, look, look at my, look at my OGs in the game, Gary Payton. You know what I'm saying? Like these cats, they talk. You know what I'm saying? That that's what I grew up off of. Like right now at 35, if some youngsters, if, if, if we going to hoop with some youngsters, I don't care how young they are. I'm taking you to the block. I'm going that's to right. score on you. I'm that's about to right. work you out. I've never seen your game before, but, but I but I believe but, in myself. I know what I do. Right, but that's not that's in the that's in the confines of a game where you're talking trash. That's all acceptable into the confines of the game. But I'm talking about walking off the floor and you interview and you're in the middle of the interview and you be like, by the way, I'm the greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the type of stuff that I would expect from a, a from a from a Draymond Green versus somebody else. You know, but I mean in the confines of heat of the battle, yeah, dang all right. I'm talking about your mama, your kids, your family. Yeah, that's all good. Letting you know I'm the greatest of all time. But Nah, man, you can't be around here just throwing it to the world that you the greatest. Nah, that's 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 past confidence. That's just downright cocky. Okay. <laughs> you don't agree. I mean, look, cause my, my my thing is it don't it don't bother me because you still gotta back it up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But do you really wanna hang around somebody that's just cocky 24-7? Yep. You do? Yes, I do. That's that's that West Coast in you. <laughs> yes, I do. Because if because if they can't back it up, I'm gonna make sure they never forget it, and it, okay. and I'll change their whole life. Remember okay. that time you remember that time they said remember that time you said you was the best that ever did it, and you didn't do it. Shut up. Go Shut sit up. down. All right, that's fair fair argument. I I, I agree with you. But on that. but if he back it up though, like I can't I can't I can't do anything about it. like I hate Brady. I do. Why? Because he's a Patriot. I'm a Raider fan. But the man is he is he's a good quarterback. So I can't knock it. When they talk about the best quarterback that ever did it, it's kinda hard for me to keep Montana right there. Wait a minute, man. Look at it. Look at it. Wait be, a minute, I, man. I'll be throwing all kind of curveballs. Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute, man. Come on, man. Joe Cool. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm saying. Listen, I'm a Saints fan, and I got tired of seeing uh, Joe Cool and company just demolish my Saints year in and year out. But, like you said, you have to acknowledge the greatest of all time. Now, Brady has played in more Super Bowls, uh -huh. but Joe Cool has won all his. Right. So, right. 
that kind of puts him that kind of that kind of with the argument with MJ and LeBron with Joe Cool and Brady. It's like every time he touched the, the championship flow, he won. That's but that's MJ, true. But I, I've I've kind of, I've come to understand both sides now. Yeah. Because 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 that that's cool. You go six for six. That's the only time you've been there. Yeah. It's it just. I don't know. Both of those quarterbacks remind me of of each other. How cool, calm, and collect they are in the pocket. Like mm-hmm. you watch, you watch other quarterbacks, and they're like, you can see the rattle. You know what I'm saying? You can see the the antsiness. But with them, it's like they're just in there and they're gracefully looking around and they're just executing and executing and executing. So it's kind of like that's probably for me. That's probably a one A one B conversation right there for sure. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw you some curveballs, go. I mean, this is what you brought me on for. Man, you definitely hold up to par. You definitely <laughs> hold, hold your own on that. So I came across this this thing on, on YouTube, and it says, Black History Rewind, the real history behind tipping is surprisingly racist. Did you, did you watch that? I watched it. I watched so, it. Before I give my take, give me because you was like, "Oh heck yeah, I got a lot to say about this one." Give me your take on is it or is it not racist? I I need I need some more videos on it because I mean she broke it down, and the the the, the reason why it stood out is because you know while I have downtime uh, at my job, I work with I work with adults with disabilities, so you know in between certain shifts you know i can go out and do some little odd jobs postmates uh roadie you know what i'm saying jobs where i can just go deliver here and there that have tips on the side so uh that that's what stood out to me and i i did some deliveries today and and i and i'm like I'm, i'm sitting up there waiting and waiting on the tips or whatever. So this video came along, wait, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you was you were literally like looking them in the eye, and they're looking at you like at this awkward moment, like, so you gonna leave, or you gonna tip? That's oh, the, way the moment oh, was. oh no. Well, well, no, no, no. I've, it's only been maybe about less than a handful of people that actually gave me cash. But now, okay. now through the through the through the apps. They they do the tip through the app, so I keep refreshing the app to see if they oh. put it if they put a tip in there. And only reason is because that's why I said that was that was the cool video is because where I where I decided to do my deliveries is in an area where they can afford to, to give tip. me yeah like it's, it's it's one it's one of those areas. That makes sense. I mean, who would want to go? Who all right? So. Do we really want to no knock no knock on my hoods? But do you really want to be the delivery guy in South Central? Oh no, oh no! If I if I got a notification of someone ordering and it was to get dropped off in the hood, I'm not I'm not picking it up. Exactly, exactly. There's no knock on the hood. It's just it is what it is. You know, you know the outcome of that. But I, I don't. I'm kind of torn, man, because I, I looked at I looked I looked at this from that black side, and I also listened to the white side of it. And I'm kind of stuck in the middle. Now, one thing I do understand is that certain sections of America, they're at like $2.13, which is crazy. So these people are striving and and have to really go all above and beyond 
to make sure that these tips offset that two dollars and thirteen cents. Mm -hmm. But then places like where you are in Cali, where they're at minimum wage, so the tip is not as in, as important. We're not saying not less important, but it's not as um, impactful on that that person's salary versus that person that's making tips off of two dollars and thirteen cents. Right now, now there, I think there's a little. Uh, racist overtones there because not in you know a higher percentage of us are living in a poverty a poverty situation so it more lends to us taking these less skillful jobs to get that two dollars and thirteen cents plus tips so it just kind of plays in that favor mm, but, well what but what about this though what about the what about the high end places that that already have the high gratuity though yeah, and I and that and I'm I'm fine with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not against tipping, if because I feel so bad. Let me tell you, I worked at Target for years, for about two years of my life. Okay, and I never understood the meaning of why I want to keep those shelves straight until I had to until I had to actually keep those shelves straight. You get what I'm saying? So now when I go into a Target or a Walmart or any type of store, I'm conscious about. Man, let me put this back where I got it from because I know somebody at the end of the day somebody's gonna have to put this stuff back. Right. You know what I'm saying it makes that day longer. So that I have understand the fact that hey, tipping makes sense. That I you know this is gonna offset their their their. Now, do I agree with 20 percent? Do I agree with 15 percent? It's just my tips are always based off of how I feel and how the, I felt the service was. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's yep. just an extension from the cook all the way down to the to the person that brings me the food. Now, if the, the 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 waiter, it's not the waiter's fault all the time because sometimes they're back there goofballing and my food not coming on time. And, and the waiter sit there and says sometimes, you know what? They're just backed up in the kitchen. So it's not her, his or her fault. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And she's doing everything that she can to make he he or doing everything they can to make it make it better. So I'm cool with that. So that doesn't justify giving them a lesser tip. But my question is. Do I feel asking myself? Do I feel is it racist? Um, I, I'm kind of neutral to this. Are I'm, you? I'm I'm neutral with you because I, I mean I to, today today was the perfect day for this topic because I went to two establishments where um, you know I had I had the opportunity to leave tips. And uh, the the second time around, I'm not gonna lie, the the service was it wasn't bad, but what I'm used to getting is people actually earning their tips. Whereas this person was like, you know, I'm just here to collect my check. Yeah, let me know when you need a refill. But I've had plenty of people just, you know, I never had to wait on them. Right. That they really working, they really working, and they earn and not even earn, they deserved that tip. Right. And I never thought of it as uh, a, a racist thing because you know I, I will say this though, in certain areas, it might be it might be different. Like you know, you go to a Denny's, and you might leave somewhere between three to five dollars, but if you go out there to Laguna Beach. Or you know Calabasas or something like that, you feel like you have to tip more because of the area. But it's well, it it's supposed to be the etiquette is supposed to be the twenty percent of the bill. 
You know what I'm saying? So if you at Denny's and you get a $5 meal, then you, you know you pay your little 20% off that $5. If you're in Laguna Beach at a high-end restaurant, then your 20% is going to be bigger. You know, so it, it kind of plays on the area. But my but my thing is that that video kind of made it seem like we like, like it was just negative like it was just negative period. Yeah, like it's like we we don't have options. Like we just forced into this. I mean, if I want to, you know, a lot of people work on tips because they make more off tips. Yes. You know yeah, bartenders. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I bartend on the side. And I'm, let me tell you, you do make more bartending because they'll call me and be like, hey, we got a non alcoholic event coming up. Can I get you on board? Now, nah, I'm going to pass on that one. You know? and, and, and I'm going to tell you like this when it comes to alcohol, I, you can leave that racism out the door because they're gonna tip you because of your personality yep. and how and how and how how much them drink how you make those drinks and how they make them feel better. Yep, yep. They and don't and they don't care how you look as long as they as long as they start sipping and floating, and and you keeping them giggling a little bit or showing interest. Yeah, yeah. Overserve them a little bit, which you shouldn't be doing, but that happens here and there. But my, I, it was just like. I was like, man, let me let me ask BTG this because I, this is this was had me like taken aback by, it. and I'm reading comments and going through and, and just trying to get other people's point of view, black, white, whoever the case may be, um, and then listen to both sides. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm I'm actually in the middle of this because there's like you said, there's certain instances where if it's a poverty, if a person is living through a poverty situation, that's all that they can get, then and say they work at a white establishment and they come through because like there was a time where there's an article where a, a kid in Texas uh, the the patron called him a racist and I'm not tipping a racist you know what I'm saying so, so I kind of feel a t he said a terrorist I, I, I don't want to go tip a terrorist but I kind of feel if tipping wasn't in place it was if it was hourly then you kind of take that out of the equation. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. just, I'm serving your food and have a good day. You know, tipping should be, for me, I really believe tipping should be an option. Right. Not, not, not the standard. You know what I'm saying? So like in Cali, they're making $15 and whatever, 15, 15, whatever the minimum wage is right now. They're making that in California. A lot of, a lot, almost all of the West Coast is, is at that at that wage. Uh -huh. So it's, it's not, it's, it's not, tipping is an option at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because if 1515 is the is the minimum, then that means if that person's working there for a few years, that that boss is they should have been getting they should have gotten a raise and all that kind of stuff. So their their value should have gone up. And then tipping is just icing on the cake. Right. Whereas here in Texas and, and, and a lot of the South, two dollars and thirteen cents is is actual is the actual minimum wage. And that's and that's borderline that's not racist, but that's borderline not giving a dang about people that's living in poverty situations and helping them empower them to get out of those type of situations. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I, I feel something for when I'm in, when I'm shopping in Texas and shopping in Louisiana or in the South, I kind of make sure that I do tip really, really, really well because I know that they're not making much money. But I don't, at the end of the day, the whole conversation, I really don't feel like it's racist. I just feel like it's, it depends on the situation, I would say. Yeah, or just basically just depend on the service. Yep. Sometimes service suck, black or white, it just suck. Yep. <laughs> and your tip will be divvied out of calling. I had a buddy 
that would put a ten dollar. He'll put ten ones on the table, and I used to shaking my head when he did it. And every time, if the service got better, he would pile more money on top of that ten. Or if the service got worse, he would peel back money off of that ten. So at the end, at the end of the service, where you sit, what was left on the table that was their tip. Mm, okay, I see what he did. Yeah, so sometimes some people got twenty five dollars, way above the twenty percent, whatever the, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, I'm not that heavy about it. I mean, say like the pizza man, how much you tipping the pizza man? Yeah, uh, it depends on how close they are. Teddy, I, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with you. If you're around the corner, and, and uh, I don't know if I'm tipping you that much. <laughs> But so you, but being a Postmates driver though, I can understand like yo, it's you know tip them something. But I, I mean I I usually don't tip them no, nothing less than three or two dollars. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my my standard is for the pizza man is two dollars. I mean that's just my standard because I'm like you. They're like right around the corner. Right it's around the corner. Four, yeah, it's not a four drive, but that's me. But I, like I said, when I go to a restaurant and I'm and I'm gonna be honest with you, man, I'm not. I'm not set on the 20% thing. I'm just not set on that because that, if you go out and you have a meal with you and your family and you got to pay the bill yourself, that 20% gets really big. Yeah. I, I'm tipping accordingly. I'm, a, I'm tipping according to my pockets, put it that way. You know what I'm saying? If my pockets feel generous today, he or she will reap the benefits. But if my pockets are kind of light and I'm just trying to make sure I do something with the family the tip is going to show a quarter well, well what about this yo 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 your pockets could be feeling just a little light but the service was that phenomenal you said look it's worth it regardless man and then that's just case by case basis yeah that's what I'm saying you know if, if the service is like awesome and I'm just like man you know what they deserve that extra ten dollars then I you know I don't have no problem with doing that because sometimes you know that happens you know, kids making a mess and, and, and oh, it's no problem. They on Johnny on the spot, making sure your glass full and, and any questions or concerns. But now sometimes what pisses me off, sometimes you can overweight, and that 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 kind of it irks me more than actual being less weighted on. Like somebody that's actually coming to the table, um, everything okay? Yes, man. Can I now? Can I enjoy my meal? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I don't need you at my side like every two minutes asking me if it's okay right right it's not too many it's not too many cats you come across that come by just at the right time you know (laughs) right Right. so we're coming to the end of this thing man btg you know you you always welcome on the talker brothers podcast man you definitely got a seat it has you seen smash you said what about smash have you seen Smash? Is he I, in California? I haven't seen it. I look. I go. I go look for him. He might be down there by the Staples Center. Might be on Venice Beach. I go check. I put. A, I put a call out. You know what Please. I'm saying? But I ain't. I ain't heard from him. I ain't seen him. I don't know. <laughs> Smash, if you're listening, please show up, man. We got work to do. But BTG, I appreciate it, dog. Much love, man. And, and anytime that you you able or want to you know the door is always open for you man oh man look y'all y'all making this home now i remember i remember that we was talking about uh uh when we were when we had d murph when we had uh-huh. d murph <laughs> and i said something about the rockets i said look just let me in the barbecue 
Let me in the picnic, all right? I need to get in there, but I got some things to say. I feel like I'm at home, though. For real. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. You know, you always welcome to go in the refrigerator when you want, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's when you know you're at home. When anybody's like, you know, go get you a drink. And I don't have to fix it. And, and, and as long as y'all got like an extra blanket and a pillow for me, that's that's all I need uh, to know. No doubt. Unless I'm in a doghouse, you're more than sure welcome <laughs> to it. <laughs> if, you, if you're in a doghouse, just let me know what you did. Because that'll let me know if I need to come over or not. Right, right. You definitely... <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna pick me another spot. <laughs> and do you and do you got a TV in that doghouse? Cause we can play. Uh, we, we can play the game. Oh no doubt, no doubt. The doghouse is gonna always be equipped and ready to go at all times. Wow. I mean, with sofa, refrigerator, big screen, cable, everything. You know, my doghouse is soft. It's, it's not hard at all. Hey, now don't make it too enjoyable. Now, hey. Hey, the man cave is definitely slash doghouse. You know what I'm saying so. <laughs> Hey, I've been married for 14 years, bro. Sometimes you know, gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold. Oh man, trust me, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's the that that hey, that's all. That's what we live by. No doubt, no doubt. And it, it, you know that, but that's a hard lesson that I tried to tell um, on this last note that I try to tell these youngsters that that are getting into marriage. That's like you 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 have a right, but you're not right. You know what I'm saying? So. Hey, we, we, they they not gonna understand until they get to that point. When you tell them you gotta know when to uh, when when to stand up and know when to shut up, they don't know what that means. Nope. So, but for all our young listeners out there, you know, if you need some advice, me and BTG just right around the corner. We can definitely help you out. Yeah. So, with that being said, much love, and we out. I'll be back. We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership, I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D, light year groove.